This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. See you later. <laughs> Welcome to the Wednesday Week, sponsored by the wonderful Riverside Cafe. I'm James. Eddie is with us. Good evening. It's great to be back. It feels like it feels like the start of a new season. That's mainly maybe because it's the start of a new season. Uh, that that would explain it. Fudge is here. Hello. You all right? I'm Dick- trying to do a different accent there. <laughs> You're back to being a northerner. Uh, Dicky yeah. as well. I'm here. Hello there. And she is back. It's Vic. Hi. I don't know about you guys, right? I th- I reckon this summer's gone really, really, really fast. It doesn't feel like Too two minutes fast. ago that we were doing the end of season podcast and saying, oh, it'd be nice to have the summer away from it all, won't it? And yet here we are again. What about the World Cup? Did we enjoy it? I quite enjoyed the World Cup. I I adored it. I uh, I think this is one of the honestly not since nineteen ninety eight has this been a, a summer that I'm going to remember for years to come. Um, I, I I've still not managed to dissect how poor the actual football was on England's behalf, but I'm still in that uh, yeah, Gareth Southgate, baby, you're the one. You still tell me, you know what I mean? As much as I'm aligned that song online for a good few weeks, I found myself singing it when we uh, when we inevitably got knocked out. But um, but yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I'm having a good summer. You know, I watched Love Island final last night. Don't Caroline Flack look like bloody awful? Hey, don't hey, do not come hey, at me with we this. We thought she looked lovely last night, didn't we? She, oh no, Absolutely. she looked like beaten up behind the back of a bloody skip. Not as good as Megan though. The shit you like watch. 
<laughs> hey, I, I will have you know that the last six weeks of my life, between 9pm and 10pm, have been spent on the phone to Eddie watching Love Island. And it's been amazing. He knows. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, he also that sound, finds that does naked sound a bit photos dodgy, of them all. He finds naked pictures and just sends me them at like two o'clock in the afternoon. You just sat at your desk, you're like, fucking hell, that's Megan yeah. with no clothes on. Oh, when you said naked pictures, of... I thought you meant of Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it has been a long, hot summer, let's be honest. <laughs> Suddenly my summer feels much more productive now, listening to you, Lon. Yeah. Uh, right, Wednesday business then. Owls in the park. Let's talk about that first. Because, Rich and Vic, you were there, but not for long. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I yeah. mean, I like it warm. I like it warm, but it was too hot for me. And there was no shade. There was nothing like they normally have that beer tent thing, don't oh. they, Rich? And we've spent many yeah. an hour under there. And this year there was just nothing. It was way too hot. It was like, I think it was like 32 degrees or something that day. And it was solid sunshine and there was just nowhere to stand. I just couldn't handle it. It, it was a really hot day. And that, that, like you said, that tent that they usually had in the middle of the bar area wasn't there. Um, I, I hung around a bit, but I, I mainly frequented the bar. No shock there, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, it was I'd, great if you've got kids. I had a little and... meander down to a, a couple of stands uh, on my client, but that was it. Um, the thing that I that, loved the most, Rich, and I know you saw as well, was that the players actually got more involved this year. So there were like yeah, five-a-side yeah. games going off with kids. And then like they'd call for a sudden, Fernando Forestieri would just come on and play. And it was great. And you could tell as well like which lads in the team were dads because they were really getting into it. Like... Everyone was like really getting involved, like dads and uncles. Like Barry Bannon loves, like, there's no way of saying that now. Why have I said that? Barry Bannon loves children, but you could tell that he was having a really <laughs> nice time. And it, it was just, it was really, really good to see. And it was just such a nice atmosphere. But like I say, it was just too hot. Just too hot. I, I, I think there's been so many <laughs> things on this summer with tram lines and everything like that. I've kind of forgot about Owls in the Park because it was so early this time as well. And they had a kit there, which was, well, a soft launch, as it was described, that, which I thought was a bit of a cop-out for we haven't got much stock. Uh, and he could have just said that, really, shouldn't, couldn't they? But there we go. I had two downsides, though, to my full day. Um, one of them was not seeing you, obviously. Um, the first one was that I didn't see Atty at all. Um, which I knew was you were going to say re- that then. It was a really sad time though. Like, remember that time that I held on to him for like five minutes and wouldn't like go until someone asked me to. I didn't get to do that this time. And the second one was that Sam Hutchinson's got a blonde fringe, and it just screams midlife crisis. Now is this right? Is it has he bleached this, or has he just you know been on holiday no, somewhere it was that's got it was a very yellow. specific sun intensity? No, it's not quite he, as bad as Neymar's, is it? But it's, he might it's, put a bit of yeah. sun in and in the sunshine at home, or a bit of lemon when your mum won't let you use bleach. But no, it appears it to have nice. been a bit of a, a, a worrying preseason trend amongst the squad. Having having seen them on Saturday, there are some questionable hair care decisions being made. Well, you know, we'll we'll leave it at that. Look, it's the dog days of summer. I completely understand it. People want to try something a bit different. Um, are they going to be able to do that on a, a rainy Tuesday night at Stoke? That's all I'm saying. I, I think one of, them with, with one, one of the dodgy haircuts has, uh, has had his trim today as well. Look at Woodrow Palmer. Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, that oh. was that was a dodgy cut. That was very dodgy. That did raise some um, 
amusing, if not entirely appropriate, comments on um, on on Twitter that Liam Liam Palmer's haircut. I don't really feel like I can repeat any of them, but yeah. I think the hair looked like a tarantula is I think the only comment we're allowed to read out yeah I don't get it but okay along along those lines um normally then in first you know um pre-season podcast of the season we'd spend about half an hour talking about transfers uh mainly players coming in for certainly the last two or three seasons it's a bit different this time um, because there's not been a huge amount of transfer activity. But let's talk about, well, let's talk about the really important one first. Andy Rhodes going to Oldham. Um, Nicky Weaver becomes our new goalkeeping coach. Now, forget about players. This is significant. Nicky Weaver, Vic, mine and yours mate, isn't he? BFS forever. Um, he was at Owls in the Park, actually, just hanging around with his pram. Like, how old is that child now, James? Like, he must not be in a pram anymore. I don't understand. It's the, he was still... the baby equivalent of Luke Bowden. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was there with his pram. I think he's great. Like, I know people will call you for pressmen and whatever else, but the fact is, Nicky Weaver's been doing that freelance for quite some time, hasn't he? So he's obviously been working with Andy Rhodes as well. So I think that's a really great appointment. The guy bleeds blue and white. Um, we found that out when we spoke to him at Tramlines. Was it last year, year before? Last year. So we found that out then. He's obviously, you know, he wants to be involved. He was England's number one. He played for Manchester City. He can't be a bad person to have training our goalkeepers. And I think, you know, there's one good thing that came out of Andy Rose leaving, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Was Nicky Weaver England's number one? Is that true? Yeah. And he, he, I think he, I think he played for England uh, during that weird bit. You know where we didn't really have a goalkeeper and just ended up yeah. settling back on David James. You remember when mm. I think Carson had a go, Kirkland had a go. I think Nicky yeah. Weaver had a pop at some point. Yeah, and then Nicky we just Weaver went, definitely you know, was. Yeah. I'm, Googling, I'm Googling as we speak. And no, he he we've got, we, didn't. We've got England the, twenty-two. England twenty-one. Was, wasn't he? Yeah. Did he it. not play for England? No. Honestly, uh, all right then, Man City. Fine, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, the percentage of goalkeepers that we've had that have played for England must be incredibly high if Nicky Weaver had as well. Because Chris Kirkland. <laughs> all right, did, all right. He's as much of England's number one as Kieran Westwood. I've said that before, haven't I? Bloody hell. Oh, dear. I'll just I'll go and put some makeup on and go and make your tea. Okay? I'll do it over him while you're at it. It's like the equivalent of one of them things. You know, you want to say to somebody, how long have you been going around saying that? Because it's wrong. It's like when my mate used to think that the words to the song was, gorilla gonna make you sweat. Do you know what I mean? Like, how long have you been going around saying that? <laughs> I don't know. I probably even said it to Nicky Weaver in that interview and he probably agreed. <laughs> yeah, he's Now, it. you were England's number one. Yes, yes, I was. It's like, I once him, sorry, sideline, James, I know you're trying to be professional. But I once, um, when I worked at Hillsborough, I used to have to take players to like different community events and stuff. And I once took Francis Jeffers to, uh, ironically, a reading okay. week in a Sheffield school. And wow. um, these kids were asking him about his record and stuff and how much he played. And he told them all about his 100% record for England. And I was just stood there, just chuckling on the sidelines. <laughs> and he came away like, well, it was true, wasn't it? I was like, well, yeah, but you can't uh, I mean, what, 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 really, what accent was that, Vic? Irish. Uh, I'm assuming um, Andy Rhodes leaves with our best wishes. Absolutely. Of course. It was, I thought, out of all the things that have happened this summer, actually, the positive comments about Andy Rhodes were 
probably the nicest of, you know, our kind of our, our sort of periods on Twitter where fans have gone through the ups and downs. Everyone seemed quite nice about Andy Rhodes leaving. Less so about the next departure that we've got to talk about, which uh, was the inevitable. Um, and yeah, we probably don't need to dwell on it too much. George Hurst, he's gone. He's gone to Belgium. No. <laughs> what? Oh. Bloody hell. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, whole, whole five, Vic, whole five, Vic. Uh, Rich, were you surprised uh, that obviously not that he's gone, that, that gone to Belgium? I'm looking forward to the tattoo removal bill for uh, the uh, the uh, a certain uh, member pr- pr- member of the uh, podcast last year I had done. So. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's just throwing his listening device straight out the window. He's probably sitting on his phone now, and he's now in the middle of the main road. We're well, sorry, Lord H. My apologies. He's gone, mate. You're gonna have to, you know, he's gonna have to get over it, mate. Brother. Sorry, brother. <laughs> um, I, no, I wasn't surprised. I'll be honest, but it just. It, the fact that it's Leicester City's feeder club, and we all know where he's going to end up in in what eighteen months' time or whatever it is, it's just a little bit, a little bit of a bit of taste in the mouth. But he's gone, so what, what the hell, you know? What what I don't get about this right is that um, if I can't remember who it was, it might have been Dom that did all the sums in the Star about what we'd likely have got in compensation if it had gone to Leicester against what we are now likely to get in compensation from him going to Belgium. And it's, you know, we're going to get something like 250,000 and it would have been like 2 million. Uh, you know, what, what is like 1.75, 2 million pounds to a club like Leicester is nothing. I don't, I don't understand the point of doing it. If that's the end, the end result is to take him to Leicester, just pay the compensation. It's, it's like pocket money for a club like Leicester. Yeah, it, 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 you. We maybe should have took the two million quid when they offered it, but uh, it's um, obviously it's a chance. It's his club. He had the he had the right to turn it down, but I think it's um, I think it was more of a, a bit of honour on his on his part, wasn't it, than anything to try and drag his heels with with this, the, the, the scenario. But he's gone, and we have to get over it. Two other departures then that we need to talk about. Um, <laughs> Again, not a great surprise. Vic seems quite happy about this one. You do realise what's going to happen, Vic, here, don't you? You realise that... that, Yeah. yeah. Um, So, Jordan Rhodes gone to Norwich, clearly going to end up being top top goal scorer. Top scorer. New Dion Dublin. All all of the above, surely. Isn't he, Eddie? (laughs) Well, um, he's already picked up his first injury. Uh, playing for Norwich in a friendly last week, I noticed, or earlier was it earlier this week? Last week um, at the week uh, at the weekend, yeah, he got he scored oh, a penalty because Jordan Rose doesn't miss penalties, does he? Um, and he always he doesn't takes bloody them. take him. Um, <laughs> he scored a penalty and then after twenty minutes uh, went off injured. So who knows? It, you know, it, this could be the biggest bullet that we ever dodged, and it, it'll end up looking like uh, Norwich were the bigger mugs than us, but. Uh, look, I, I'm sure that everybody um, that is listening to this podcast listened to the truly excellent uh, PNS financial podcast that uh, uh, James, you and some these these hired guns, these these foreigners that you brought in, um, who apparently <laughs> know foreigners. things about stuff. Um, you know, it was an over absolutely here taking our podcast. Bloody yeah, absolutely, or even just. <laughs> 
<laughs> even just staying where they are and taking our podcast. They don't, they don't have to come and emigrate here. So, um, yeah, it was a brilliant podcast. And it was very, very clear, wasn't it, from, uh, you know, from Peter's analysis that the single biggest item that we could get off our um, balance sheet was going to be Jordan Rhodes's wages in terms of how how much it would affect us on the field versus the the benefit of of having extra cash in the bank so it was always going to happen i'm particularly glad that norwich took him off our hands um I think we all wish him good luck i don't think anyone has ill feeling towards jordan rose for the most part but i think it looks like maybe um father time has caught up with him uh, and we were the first ones to suffer but it looks like we might not be the last so uh, yeah good luck to him I got a sneaking suspicion that he's going to have a season for Norwich very much like um, his season and a half for us. And uh, it's probably sad uh, to see a, a player, um, a player's career who was so uh, unbelievable at his best uh, going in that direction. But he is now almost 31. And so it's probably um, it's probably going to happen. But we have done our bit. And as, as we I think as you guys agreed on the financial podcast, um, a masterstroke by uh, our CEO and the guys involved in making that happen because that was probably, possibly other than Stephen Fletcher, the biggest single um, outgoing that could impact our financial situation. Eddie, would you, um, would you agree that the transfer of Jordan Rhodes in was somewhat part of the big nail in the coffin for Carlos? I mean, he, he pretty much, you know stapled his balls to the mast with that with that uh with the funds that were available and the uh and and that specific transfer do you think that that was something that he uh that after time became his demise i wonder how in what other direction we could have gone at that time it was clear that we needed something to put us over the top and so you know we were all clamoring for it and and yeah i don't i don't think that anyone in a similar position, would have done anything different. That is the you know it's the time served, time honoured January transfer window uh, deal. You bring in a goal scorer that's going to put you over the top and get you up there for the end of the season. And for for many many reasons, it didn't happen. I don't know what other directions we could have gone in, but I think it was probably um, it was probably the nail in the coffin financially. Um, the coffin itself having been prepared by the arrivals of the Fletchers and the Abdis of this world. Uh, you know, we did an awful lot of very good business, but the bad business that we did do proved very costly indeed. Did um, did you say somewhere in there, Eddie, that he's now 31? Yeah, I, I think he's 30, he'll be 31 this season, yeah. No, he's, oh, he's, bugger. I, I've had to look this one up because I thought I didn't sound quite right. He's, he's 28. So there's life in the old dog yet. What? Oh, my God. What? How, how is this a thing now, right? How is this a thing that I am older than everyone but Tom Lees? How is that a thing? <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what the worst thing is about that is that when he was born, I was gearing up for my first year at big school and uh, he, he was born 1990. Do you know what I mean? What were you doing in 1990? He was one years old the last time we won some significant silverware. Oh, dear Lord, I'm <laughs> a million years old. 
Oh, that is that is a that is a worry. Uh, so one more that. outgoing then um, so far this summer, and that is Jack Hunt to Bristol City. Fudge, you are our unofficial Bristol City <laughs> correspondent because you've got a mate that supports Bristol City. It's as yeah, good a reason yeah, yeah. as any. Um, yeah. Thoughts on Jack Hunt's departure? Well, I, you know, this, this one's kind of bittersweet because I was actually quite a fan of Jack Hunt, but in, uh, to some other extent, I I wasn't. To, in the pro column, I thought, you know, his his persistence to uh, to commit into that haircut was pretty impressive. <laughs> um, you know, he, going forward, I think he could, I, I thought he was great. I think there were some times where he uh, in the con column, I think he got uh, he got caught out a lot when it came to the defending side of it. He got caught out of possession a lot. Now, as you as you said, I've got a uh, in that beautiful segue, by the way, got a uh, got a mate who's a Bristol City fan, and he texts me. He texts me like Terry Tibbs from Phone Jack. He went. <laughs> Jack Hunt, talk to me. You know what I mean? And and as I started listing pros and cons, I was actually thinking, oh Christ, you know, we're losing quite a decent player here. You know what I mean? Like like in, in terms of the list of the players that I think should be shown the door, that one I remember thinking, oh, this must be a financial decision to to, to jettison him because I think that you have your list, don't you? In any in any working capacity as well, you have a list of people that you uh, that are on the bottom. And then when that person on the bottom goes, it gets replaced by somebody else, and then and so on and so on and so on. And then you have some people that claw the way up the list, like for example, Atinuru at the back end of the season. And I thought that there were a good six or seven players below Jack Hunt in that list, where um, you know before that I'd have got rid of before him. So I find that a um, not a queer one, but I, I can, it must have been a financial decision because we got him. He was a proper transfer, wasn't he? He was. Uh, from a yep. Premier League club, and uh, he was probably on Premier League wages, so I can completely understand it. And whatever uh, Steve Lansdowne's doing there at Bristol City, keep an eye on them. Their rugby team, their volleyball team, their ladies' football team, there's going to be something's afoot because uh, there's, there's rumblings happening in the West Country. Out of everybody, Fudge, I know like, you've just said it, but I really didn't expect it to be him. I really, really didn't. I think he was... It, I, I really rated him. I, th- I thought he was actually quite underrated for us. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the time he got a lot of stick. Like you said, you know, he, he sometimes, you know, he got outrun and whatever else. But he did a lot of good stuff. Um, and when he went, I did kind of think, well, surely it can't be a financial thing. But then, like you said, he d- we did sign a Premier League player. He's going to be on big wages. But he kind of didn't fit in that diva list, if that makes sense. Like, he didn't come across like a Fletcher or a Fessy or a Hooper in that he'd be on the 30k a week. I kind yeah. of presumed he was on 50 quid, like a like YTS <laughs> scheme thing. Yeah, but evidently but be- not, so... Because but he I looks just, like a bloke that hangs around in a car park revving his engine. Yeah. You don't really have him as that, you know, that type of person. Is it just me? Is it just me that's saying that's not bothered? I'm, really? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not overly fussed. I'm not overly fussed, no. but I don't think it's the best person no. to have got rid if, of. If but had, I understand but, it financially. If you had left us with Liam Palmer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. When the but, squad numbers but, came out, he went number two, Liam Palmer. Oh God! I, I, I just need a meltdown because Liam Palmer got the number two shirt. We've got bigger things to worry about than who gets. There'd the have been less of a meltdown if you'd have got the number two shirt, James. Like, <laughs> I just think that we need, we need, we needed when they went before he went. We still we needed two new fullbacks, wingbacks, whatever you want to call them, a left back and a right back, and we haven't got those. We're not going to particularly get those. So for me, it was like we need a new right back. Let's get rid, and obviously we haven't replaced. So I, I, I honestly think that it just comes down to the situation that. Um, 
he's got a, he had a year left on his contract so you know a year from now he could have gone for free if it had decided it was time for him to move on somewhere else um we we got it's rumored to be somewhere around 1.5 1.6 million plus an extra yeah. million a year saved in in wages Good money, that. Good knowing money. the kind of financial situation that we're in it's actually really good clever business that yeah because a year from and now, big... he, he, he could have gone. And I know, uh, Fudge, what you say about, you know, there's going to be players, th- there will be a list somewhere on a wall that no yeah. one has access to other than the, the chairman and the chief exec. There'll be a list of players in the order that, you know, they would most like to, um, or, or the uh, the players that are the, the most easy to replace or that we can live yeah. without the most. Um, but if no one's coming in for those players and someone does come in for a player that's further down the list, do you say, well, no, we're not going to take that because we hope that someone's going to come in and give us money for one of these players higher up this list? Or do you think, well, do you know what? We can't we can't risk this. We can't. You know, we, we, we know we've not spent anything this summer, presumably because we know we, we can't because the EFL will not let us register any players because, you know, this unofficial transfer embargo, which we'll talk more about in a bit. You've got you've got to take the money when it's an offer for for a player who's got a year left on his contract. You've got to definitely. So I, I would call it the Samuel L. Jackson effect. You know, I like um, Samuel L. Jackson had never turned down a gig in his life and has been in some absolute dross movies. He's just gone. Do you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be popular for. I'll just take the money. You know what I mean? It's just just like what we did with Samuel L. Jackson. Him. That's the first time I've ever heard Jack Hunt compared to Samuel. L. Jackson. <laughs> uh, let's talk about players coming in. All right. Well, that was that. Tumbleweed. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. As yet, no, no incoming players. It looks like we are kind of under this sort of unofficial transfer embargo. Does this make sense to everyone? Because. I've obviously spent yeah. like half the summer talking to people about this, and it, it makes sense to me. And I worry whether or not other people really get what what it kind of all means, because you're not allowed to breach financial fair play. So if it looks like you're going to, the EFL can come along and say, right, until we're satisfied that you're not going to breach FFP, then we're not going to let you register any players. Um, you've probably seen the stuff about Birmingham, so they're in this really odd situation where they've bought a player. But they're they're not able to register him because the EFL have said you're going to end up breaching FFP. So they've got to pay his wages, uh, but they're not allowed to register him or play him. So there's too many acronyms there, James. <laughs> avoid that. Avoid that situation. VAR, and it's, it's, EFL. And it's not even called FFP anymore. Oh. You know, I'm actually I'm using oh. out of date acronymage there. Um, Get down with the kids. Yeah. So. We're, yeah, I mean, look, you know, there's been no official confirmation of this, uh, but it looks likely that we've been told you're not allowed to sign any players. Are we worried? Is this squad going to be good enough as it stands? Can we see any youth players coming yeah. in? I don't know. Are we clutching at straws? Nah. I don't know. I, I, we, we surely have the basis of it. It was, it was a good squad 12 months ago. It was a good squad 12 months before that. It exactly. Right. We'll be In fine. all seriousness, were, were we, you know, even if, apart from the idiots who say, well, you know, we'll spend 20 million and then we'll go up and then we don't have to care about fines, blah, 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 um, which obviously, as explained in the FNP podcast, is not an option anymore. Um, Ding! In, yeah, do that every in time the real world, 
in the real world where we might have had a bit more of a go at it and maybe, you know, Chancery had found five million down the back of the sofa or whatever, were we going to sign players that were either A, going to significantly improve what our first 11 looks like, or B, going to fill a hole that we desperately needed filling? And I think the answer to both of those is no. Um, the, the first part being that we, we simply don't have the resources to go out and do a Wolves this season or do a Bournemouth this season, even if we were allowed to and if we wanted to. Um, the second part is probably more relevant to us because if we'd seen large numbers of outgoings in order to balance the books, to get wage bill, get uh, players off the wage bill, etc., etc., then we might find ourselves a bit threadbare. I don't feel like we're exposed to a great extent, um, anywhere other than potentially central defence. And again, you know, we have the argument about whether Hutch can play there. We're playing three at the back, which means that you can you can pull in, you know, a, a poodle to to sit in that middle section as well. So uh, I'm quite comfortable with the number of players we've got to cover the positions that we need to cover in, on the field. And given that those players haven't got any worse. Um, I can't see how we are a worse squad than we were this time last year. Um, and actually, given the, the horrific injury record that we had last year, it feels, I certainly feel more optimistic that we can challenge, uh, not at the very top end, but certainly we can challenge at the right end of the table, i.e. our natural position, looking at the talent that we've got at our disposal, would be somewhere between 8th and 12th. And from that point, you've got a launch pad to do something if the dominoes fall the right way. So do, do we think that we have been penalised by the inability to um, to not bring in players? Inability to bring in players. The ability to not bring in players. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I feel like we're going to enter the season pretty much where we would have been if this hadn't been hanging over us. I 100% agree with that. And like last night, um, Yoss was on that Football Heaven Live thing. I don't often listen to it, but my mum was in the audience and she was going to ask a question um, and ask if I could have Atty's number. Um, so I wanted to listen. Um, but like the fact <laughs> that Yoss get wouldn't... No. no, she didn't get a chance to ask. Um, she did get a selfie with him. It's lovely. And he's about five foot two. He's smaller than my mum. <laughs> How small is he? Um and she was in a mum trainer, so it's not like she had heels on. Um, but yeah, so he wouldn't he wouldn't answer the question last night. He kept getting asked it and asked it and asked it. And that was all that was one thing that I found really disappointing was everyone else was asking Chris Wilder about football or, you know, whoever else is it wherever else. They were all asking about the football and with us it was constantly about finances and co everyone's obviously listened to James's podcast. But everyone was constantly asking him about embargoes and whatever, and he was like, I can't comment on that. And it's, it's true. He's the manager. He's not the CEO. He's not in charge of anything. And like Eddie said, like, if we don't sign anyone, we've still got probably three or four players that the rest of the league hates because they're so good and they wind teams up so much. Look how much everyone hates Forestieri, hates Bannon, hates Reach, hates Westwood. Like, there's loads. So let's just, let's just go with it. Like, last season was shite. This season can't get much worse. Hey-ho. Well, I mean, it can get worse, can't it? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it can, but I'm, I've only got a season ticket till the end of this year, and then I'm out. So, I'm I, um, right. I think it's going to be a long old season. I think I, 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 
well, we'll get to the Mansfield game at some point um, later on, but there was just a few things that, I know it was only friendly and yada, 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 but there was just a lot of things that concern me. I think it's going to be a long old season, but you're right, Vic, you know, just doesn't really get asked about football matters much, does he? It doesn't go, hey, what's your preferred formation? What's our plan B if you've got one? Who's your main striker for next season? It doesn't really get asked those questions, does he? But there's not a lot to ask, though, is there? Because nothing's really changed from last season. We sort of know the answers to these questions, don't we? So it's it's going yeah, to be stuff about, you know, are there going to be any players coming in? Well, I don't know. Well, why don't you know what's going on? Well, I can't really answer that. You know, that that I, I guess it's natural that that's the kind of stuff that's going to be asked. I don't. There's not going to be, come first game of the season on Saturday, there's not going to be any great surprises, is there, about how we line up or who plays or anything? Because, you know, there's... there's there's not a lot that's really changed. Well, I, I'd, I'd have given him two questions I could think of straight away that uh, that aren't involved around their FMP and, uh, and the rest of it. But yeah, is, is, is one of them to do with Liam Palmer? Uh, no. Is no, the other it, one to do with Little Mix? One's Little Mix and the other's a Toyota Celica. But we'll move on from there. <laughs> what was his best knob gag? Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, I've got to try and segue this into a sponsorship mention now, and that's just, I, I lost the whole thing. Uh, you listened to uh, you listened to the Wednesday Week, brought to you with our friends at the Riverside Cafe, always the best place for a pint before the match, and after the match, for uh, for that matter. And we, during we, the match on a really bad day. Yeah, that's that's happened, hasn't it? I was the king of it last year, absolutely. 35 minutes was my rec- record. It was, it was. I, I've, I've, I've never I've stayed in the pub after the games kicked off, thinking I don't, I don't really care. But this was like, you know, a few years ago. It was like an end of the season sort of game where I thought, uh, oh, I, I'll go in at like fifteen twenty or something like that. I, I've, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go, Rich. I, I, I left. I think probably twice in my life before last season, and then one, one time last year, I was sat in Castleton thinking, right, do we go to the game or do we stay carrying a pub here? And we stayed in the pub. And then I think about two or three times I left early, you know, coming in the 35th minute against Birmingham. And I got very drunk that day too. The uh, the worst thing was the kind of perfect storm happened last year, which was um, good beer finally became available under the North Stand um, at the same time that Wednesday's performances became unbearable <laughs> in the North Stand. And so, therefore, I spent an awful lot of, uh, of last year um, not watching the match or having it on the TVs while enjoying quite nice beer. Um, I actually don't know wh- what made me happier, that or seasons where we almost got promoted. <laughs> Should we talk about a subject now that's going to make all of us really, really happy? Because this is mega important. Stripes. Go on. Stripes. Blue and white stripes. The correct number of them. I believe it's the right blue. I believe it's the right central white stripe that's in the middle. Everything is correct. There's there's no issues. It's got black shorts. It's got everything that everyone wants. If anyone's gonna find a negative from this, who's it gonna be? Dan Fudge, tell us why you don't (laughs) like the new shirt. Um, I actually, I, I tell you what, I, all right. What I realized was I ordered it straight away as soon as I saw it available. So on the first day, I pay, paid me 60 quid and, uh, and I received it knowing full well what it looked like. And, uh, and I went through a bit of a, an epiphany wearing, uh, wearing this shirt when I put it on and tried it on. And, and like I said, go a size higher or a couple of sizes higher because it's that super dry style fitting, unless you're uh, in good enough shape to buy the 90 odd quid one. But, um, the um, 
the main issue I had when I had it on wasn't the Microsoft Publisher Elevate logo, which I, I still can't get on board with. It's the fact that I don't look like Joey Pelopessi when I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> which, Do you know what I mean? Which bit, which bit are you you're failing on? Well, you know, man boobs, uh, you know, waistline, uh, yeah. arms, yeah, or the lot. The, the, the just lot, just like, a lot, yeah. yeah. Just, just <laughs> the full lot. So, so, you know, there's me thinking, look at Pelopessi there wearing that. That's a thing of beauty, that, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't look like him. So, you know, bloody rubbish. And, um, and two... I think 59 quid is expensive, but um, I get what we're trying to do and I get what Chancery is trying to do and he's trying to make it a bigger brand and with expense becomes uh, an automatic uh, putting on a pedestal of a brand. For example, Nike is always a great example. They just made their stuff dear and people thought that they were a quality garment. But, um, I, you know, 60 quid's a lot of money, especially given the area that we're in. But I, I quite like it. I quite like it. It looks like the 1999 kit that we uh, inevitably got relegated in. So that's nice, isn't it? You know what? They, they um, we talk about Nike. When you actually get... I don't want this to turn into um, the, the Wednesday week, like, you know, YouTube unboxing channel or something. <laughs> but um, I got mine on Saturday and it is comfortably, by a wide, wide margin, not only the most well-made, quality-feeling Wednesday shirt that we've had since the Umbro days. Um, yep. But it is of a higher quality and finish than uh, the England shirt that I bought for the World Cup. And, yep. you know, that is Nike, and it cost me 59 quid, so it's pretty much exactly the same deal. You know what I love the most about this new Wednesday shirt is that um, going back to the early 90s, what was the best thing about shirts? They all had batshit insane shadow printing on uh, you know the texture so you didn't yeah. just get a shirt wednesday shirts weren't blue and white striped they were blue and white striped with crazy madcap aztec patterns in them or you know puma king, the puma king logo. In, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah so all of that puma kind of stuff king. so so now underneath the arms down the side of the shirt we have the elevate number eight uh, down there in shadow printing. It's beautifully done. Eddie, it's you absolute like... asshole. I didn't even see I'm that. Even I've just got it, it in my hand now. It out just, now. Just, do, you know, do you know where it is, right? Uh, I don't know if you read the thing where it went that you can have the uh, fitted, uh, you know, pro 90 quid version. one, profit one, yeah. or the uh, mesh supporters top or whatever it is. So the mesh that they've essentially stitched in for the fat lads has got the Elevate logo in it. I didn't even see that. I've had to get it out. I've had to stand up and I'm very Oh, I bet the women's that. one doesn't actually because I have a women's one. And just a note to any women listening, get a size bigger because it's I, well, I think that applies tight. to everyone. I think yeah, it applies to I, everyone. I, um, I was quite excited this year um, for many reasons because I was no longer wearing a size 20 top. Now I um, wear a size 12 or 14 top <laughs> oh, wow. unless it's from Sheffield Wednesday, in which case I'm in a 16. Which is a very <laughs> sad point in my life. I was what have I spent all this money on? <laughs> on Saturday, there was I, I was standing in the queue um, for uh, for shirt printing because I bought book kits for the kids as well, so they have to have their names on the back. Obviously, because I'm an overgrown child, I had to have sausage arms on the back of mine. So I was there waiting for him to, <laughs> to get printed. Um, and a bloke came in, and uh, he, didn't, he didn't want to go to the queue. The queue was quite long in the megastore at that point for the tills. So he went up to the lady who was doing a printing, and he said, um, so excuse me, love, um, what, what's biggest size to go up to this year? And she said, oh, it's 4XL, love. He goes, oh, bloody hell, that won't fit me then. And walks straight back out again. <laughs> that, that is aspirational right there. 
Four XL. If you can get a four XL for fifty nine quid, probably represents amazing value for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can probably two, two put your shirts in one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Put your whole family in there. <laughs> well, I'd not thought of it like that. It could be quite tight like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. Just, what just I the... think a fantastic kit. And you know what? I wonder whether at some point a couple of years ago, um, Chan Siri was, was saying, you know, I'm going to tell them all I don't like stripes. I'm going to tell them all I don't like stripes. And they're going to go absolutely hanging out for stripes. going to be like, yeah, come, just bring stripes back. Just bring stripes back. And they're going to bring the stripes back and we'll sell 50 times as many kits at double the price. Cha-ching! He's not an blast. idiot. <laughs> it is, it's reverse it, psychology, isn't it? It's very clever. Sorry, Marketing. James. It, it is, yeah. But, you know, I, I was just about to say to you, James, I bet you didn't think you were going to get that much content out of mentioning the kits, did you? I honestly thought that you would just go, bloody rubbish, and that would be it. We'd just move on. Move on. No, yeah. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> ha, has anyone, uh, bought, anyone bought the Dito. away shirt? Because I think the away shirt's way nicer than the home shirt. It's beautiful. It's Again, really, it's really well made as well. It's the best away shirt since... Certainly since the playoff season. I'd, I'd go further than that. I think it's probably the nicest looking away shirt since, um, you know, the, the Lee Strafford, um, let's, let's rip off the 93-94 black with yellow pinstripes season. That was a beautiful looking away shirt. This one, I think, might be even nicer. It's lovely. Lovely colour up, up close as well. I think we've just talked about the kits for about 10 minutes without any real whinging. No, uh, I, I must admit, like you know, the, the elevate logo, I, I'm, I'm aware, is not going to go away anytime soon, and so. Oh yeah, no, I'm going. Is... Yeah, you did have a bit of a whinge about yeah. that, didn't you? Yeah, I'll have, yeah. I'll have a pop at that because I hate right. it. All it is, is well, it man. is bloody off. All right, back, back, we're back in the game, kids. Uh, right, let's talk about membership pricing then, because this is the other thing that people have been whinging about a bit. Um, membership's got up a pretty. Was it like forty five percent? to £90 a season. Eddie, is it fair or is it a rip-off? Look, I've I've defended a lot of the decisions that have been made um, on the commercial side because it's vital that we increase um, revenue from those revenue streams. However, um, what is the reason that people get membership for Sheffield Wednesday historically? It has been a combination of um, a small discount at the club store and uh, priority for tickets. So you're kind of in between the, the real fans, the season ticket holders, and the complete uh, fly-by-night, Johnny-come-lately, uh, you know, pay-on-the-gate job. So what is that worth? I, you know, I think people would say 30, 40, 50 quid, as it has been for most of the last 20 years. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough. 90 quid with the promise of some nebulous discounts off spend of already overpriced stuff in the club shop, I think feels like uh, fans are being shaken down. Um, At which point you've got to say, is the intention to effectively say, if you're loyal, if you want to do your bit to contribute and you can't afford a season ticket, you'll do this. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. It seems too much. And in combination with... The, the, the price of match day tickets, I don't see that it represents a good deal. Now, I would say, I'd urge people, um, the cheapest way to go and watch Sheffield Wednesday is to get a season ticket. I also am acutely aware that people don't always have the funds to do that, and some people have to pick and choose matches. But right now, 
with, with that and the membership, it feels like those people, the people who are probably least able to watch Wednesday and devote um, finances to doing so, are being asked to subsidise the rest of us. And that, to me, doesn't feel right. Do you think, does, it, does this thing work? Because surely the idea of the membership means you get a discount on tickets. So the ultimate idea is that it sort of encourages you to go to an extra game or two because you're saving a bit of money off the, the ticket price. To make it 90 quid, I mean, I've seen so many people on Twitter that have just said, well, I'm not going to bother renewing my membership, which probably means they're going to go to fewer games. I just can't, yeah. I can't get my head around whether or not this is genuinely going to bring, you know, extra tens, hundreds of thousands into the account. Because if it's not, I just don't see what the point is. Because we, you know, we, to, we, we, to need, break we even. need big money br- coming in, don't we? Oh, we, we do. And look, you know, that's a whole a whole different issue. You know, where where do we get that big money from? You know, we could talk about um, the price of executive boxes. You know, with anything, it's about finding a sweet spot. And it feels like Wednesday under Mr. Chancery have gone bollocks to the sweet spot. We're just going to go max, 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 max and see how many people can hang on for the ride. Um, you'd have to you'd have to attend 18 games every season to break even on your discount for membership, which is absolutely insane. Because if you could afford to to go and buy 18, uh, you know, pay on the day, match day tickets, you've already spent enough to have a season ticket. So it's it doesn't make sense. It doesn't stand up. It's madness. And I can only imagine that the, the net revenue that comes from memberships this year will be vastly lower than what it was last year and the year before that. I've had kind of a bit of an insight into to, um, the commercial side of it this year because I've been and spoke to them about sponsorship. Uh, and it's significantly lower than it was before. So you can get a player sponsorship um, for 750 quid um, for the I season. I think that's only, that's only for which, the, either the home kit or the away kit, isn't it? The correct. player yeah, sponsorship, yeah, I think it's, it's still 1500 it plus VAT, of course. So and, and it, you, the, it's the, still steep. The play, the, the, well, you, you say that compared to other clubs not clubs, other sporting companies in Sheffield, it's cheaper. I'm not going to name them. Don't ask me to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I just thought they, they kind of got it a bit. I mean, the, even the answer that the, I think last year, VIP mascot was about a grand or something. That's 500 oh, yeah. quid or just 200 quid for a, an ordinary one this time around which I think is a bit more affordable because you know when when I was a kid it was even then it was 100 quid to be a a, a mascot and that's why I never was one um but um I think they brought that down after they, they realized how steep it was but I think they're trying to readdress some of the um some of the kind of how expensive it has been uh and I know that the player sponsorship goes in two two levels so you get players who are in the first team or a grand for home or away, and then 750s, you come down um, into players that aren't necessarily going to play as much. I think it's uh, something that I think we've talked about in the past on this podcast, but I've always banged about it for ages. Surely the best way to generate revenue is to make it attractive for people to get into the stadium, you know, and that goes for, you know, fans walking in through the turnstiles on the cop and, um, you know, corporate entertainment and executive boxes and blah, blah, blah. But give them enough stuff to spend on while they're in there and make yeah, that yeah, attractive. Yeah. You're then going to make far more money than just hiking up the, you know, the entry cost in the first place and then providing what generally has been a fairly, you know, fair to middling service, hasn't it? it, uh, it and, so, go on, so, so if, you know, if I was, um, was looking at how we can 
make a, a, a real step change, a real difference. Like James said, to, to bring real revenue into the club, I think that's the way to do it would be to actually um, almost have you know, match tickets as a lost leader, but make sure that people are spending money on a high quality, high margin product when they're in there. We, we, we've. I'm going to use Halland example because I've, you know, that's where I, that's where I've got most kind of, I kind of experience at a level of, like, like doing this. But we give tickets away, and then you'll see a guy going and buying a pie, going and buying a pint, going and buy a hat, a scarf, maybe even a shirt. And before it, for the five quid it costs to get in there that you've waved, they're spending money on goods, and yeah. and you know, and if they see a good quality thing, they'll come back as well and pay to get in. So there is that, like you're absolutely right, it's a lost leader for us to get people in there but once they get in there and then you see them posting pictures i mean posting a picture on social you know alone is worth its weight in gold when you see something like we got free tickets you know we bought a hat scarf and whatever and it you, you can just it just multiplies up to the to to, to right through to the premier league not not just non-league or whatever or sheffield wednesday uh, rich you are also our correspondent here for pre-season friendlies because mm. I think you're the only person that's been to all of them. I say all uh, of them. That's I mean, correct. All there's three. Only been, there's only been three. Uh, three, non, three. Three public ones, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But it's like, that, I mean, that's that's a really... No, really, we have like, what, a good five or six? Three mm. seems really low. I think there's been about three behind closed doors. Well, so I think Bradford was one. Yeah. Uh, was it Brada and... Um... There was another one, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, you're right. There was another but, one. There was another one. But, it, but yeah, uh, give, give, it, uh, us, give us give us the lowdown on on the on the preseason games. So so Lincoln uh, first game out. Uh, I, I suppose we I got, got a chance to go and see Terry from Owls Online down there as well because he's now the media manager down at, at Lincoln City. Um, he's got his dream job. Um, it's good to see to see Terry. Uh, the match the match was okay. It wasn't wasn't fantastic. It was exactly what it was. It's the first preseason game back. Um, and do you know what the scary thing was? Liam Palmer actually looked all right in that game. But it's only Lincoln. And, and you know, since then, he's probably Villarreal, you know, apart from his goal. Um, but I thought they, they did all right that night. And it was a good turnout, you know, down there. And really good atmosphere and everything. And, uh, and, and really enjoyed the night down there. Mansfield, we were shit. We were first-rate dog shit. Uh, even to the point where... Some guy in the stand was giving a... Stop sitting look. on the fence, Rich. Oh, we were. There's no two ways about it. Some guy in the stand was giving Hutch a load of grief and, and Hutch turned around and told him to shut up twice, really vociferously. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute, mate. This is, this is just oh, I'd love him to tell me to shut up. Oh, no, you wouldn't. I thought it was oh, an arsehole. I would. I thought, it was, I thought it was a tool oh. for it. You shouldn't No, you I think that's wonderful. That I don't know what the bloke said, but you can't be doing that stuff, shouting at fans. Not in pre-season, not at any time, really. But um, but anyway, uh, and then obviously it kicked off afterwards, which um, you can't say a lot on. All I can say, what, what I saw was that Fessy obviously went through the back of that player. He then got pushed over. He got a ball through it, through at him. Uh, and then the final whistle, it just... I saw Fessy running off the pitch to get away from the players. I saw one of the Mansfield players, Kung Fu kick... Tom Lee's, and we've all seen the pictures on 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 social media since. Um, so you can't hide that one. But apart from that, I've heard rumours from a friend of him that knows a Mansfield physio what was said. But obviously, then it's it's all down to the FA to to deal with that one now, isn't it? But obviously, got he said she said with Wednesday saying one thing and Mansfield saying another. Mm-hmm. If I'm honest with that one, Richard, you know, 
I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. It's a pre-season friendly. Nobody can prove anything either yeah. way. Let's yeah. just move on with his lives. It's not even worth discussing. I think you're right, yeah. Um, <laughs> what about Villarreal? Any, was anyone else at this game on Saturday? I missed it. Yeah, I went to it. Go on then, what was it, what was it like? It, if Twitter's um, to be believed, what? it was the worst game ever. We were terrible, shocking, um, tactically, yeah. he's clueless, blah, blah, blah. Right, so the first thing I'd say to that is that it was a pre-season friendly where we made 11 changes yeah, from the starting 11 throughout the course of the game. Um, so anyone who was watching it as a game of football is missing the point entirely. Um, I, I really enjoyed it from the point of view of it was great to get back to Hillsborough. Um, it was a decent crowd. Uh, it was great to see, you know, the new kit and, and you know, it felt like the start of the new season. It was, um, it was as chilled out as you'd want one of those major friendlies to be. Um, and it, it reminded me of the, um, was it Braga game that we had um, a couple of seasons ago where I think we came away with the win. Uh, uh, sorry, Benfica, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, we could easily have come away with a win on Saturday um, if we'd have gone full tilt. Equally, we were playing against a team that had Santi Cazorla playing for them, um, a team that had Ndai playing for them. Uh, you know, they were quality players, and even given you know both teams going at sixty percent, um, there were going to be openings in defences, and there were going to be goals. Um, I don't think we really showed an awful lot, and I wasn't expecting us to. Um, I think that when uh, Villarreal put moves together um i think we struggled because we weren't playing at full tilt and we weren't playing to uh to, to for a, for the the game to change pace in the way that it did at times now we don't know what yos was uh, asking the players to do we don't know what the instructions were um it may well have been that there was lack of concentration it may well have been that he said look go out there you know get some get some miles under your belt um don't go in hard uh, you know, don't don't necessarily um, you know ch chase back every runner. It might be the it might be the case of trying something differently tactically. So I'm not going to sweat it. I actually I enjoyed it as a spectacle. And uh, given that there were, I think I spotted in the south stand about six Villarreal fans because there was no segregation. They were just kind of dotted around. Um, it was kind of interesting to see Villarreal scoring some. Uh, you know, a couple of really, really quite well-worked goals. And for the Wednesday fans to just give a nice round of applause. It was more like a day at the cricket than a day at the football. Did it tell us anything about this season? Probably not. But it was nice to get back to it and just get back into the rhythm of a Saturday afternoon, um, you know, a couple of pints and 90 minutes. So, yeah, job done. Was, was, I, yeah. Did, anyone, did anyone stand out? Any players that particularly looked... Yeah, good job. Yeah, Santi Cazorla was all right. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I thought the first half we played reasonably all right. Um, yeah. The passing was fairly good. The second half I didn't bloody see because we were four of us for the front of South Stand and the Villarreal um, fitness coach decided to, try to warm all, the, all about 23 players up in front of us. So I couldn't say a damn thing for the whole of the second half. But, you know, that's uh, is what it is. You live and learn. I'd be um, demanding I you we £15 back for that. I've not written a letter yet, or or a strongly worded tweet. <laughs> um, so no, I I thought, I thought we were all right first half. You know, I wasn't particularly worried, and um, just I thought the only thing that disappointed me, and, and no shock, um, Jones, Fox. Yeah, when they kept you could... both were pants. 
you yeah. could see the the difference in quality once uh, we started to really get into the substitutes. And I, actually, you're right; it was uh, you know Jones and Fox. It wasn't the you know the, the kids that came on um, you know didn't no. look out of place. You know that they were just playing to the pace of the game, and I think they they were in, they were reveling in in what was for them quite a big game. Some of them don't have much experience. Um, yeah, I think our problem again this season, if there is one, is going to be that you know that drop off from the first 14, 15 players that we have. Um, so that's why it's paramount that we try and avoid injury this season. But especially in the first half, I think we pretty much matched them. We were quite fortunate, weren't we, for for Palmer's goal? Um, it was you know it, it was again a, a you know like our goals that we conceded, defending um, that you know we just kind of lost concentration, etc., make a mistake, but. I think we we held our own against a good side, and the likes of you know Pelipessi I thought was um, was very strong. I thought uh, I thought Poodle, who was the, I think was he the only player to stay on for the full ninety for us. Um, Poodle yes. was was yeah. was, yeah. was excellent. He just looked very composed and very solid. So uh, yeah, it, you know you can't take too much out of those games, can you? It was it was about fitness more than anything. I get that, Eddie. There was a, I, I watched it on the Owls Talk feed, which was great, by the way. I mean, whoever, whoever set that up, thank you very much. But yeah, the, um, the Owls Talk feed would sent it through. And defensively, we looked a little... I don't know what the word is. When you're, when you're playing in defence, what you need to do is just learn where to stand. You know, as 80% of the game is to be a nuisance in a, in, a, in a specific place and having the fitness to carry off to be in that place, to stand there. But I just... I felt that Tom Lee specifically looked a little bit like he didn't know what day it was. And we we got carved apart for a couple of goals. Now, don't get me wrong, like I agree with you. These these finished fifth in the in the um in the Spanish league, which, you know, a lot of people write off, including myself at times, that it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse league, that there's only two teams in it, like the one in Scotland back in the nineties. But, you know, I, I, don't get me wrong, they were a much better team than us. But I just think that there was a few bread and butter things that we didn't quite get right. But they were in the second half. But Tom Lee's, for me, stuck out. And obviously Palmer, but I, I don't want to pile on with Palmer because I think everybody's got a voice about him. And I'm in the camp with the Liverpool fans who are not trying to jump on the back of Carrius because his confidence is already shot to shit. Why do I need to pile on anymore? You know what I mean? But I think he knows. He's a professional footballer. He should know, you know, about him, you know, keeping the ball too long and not knowing where to stand. But Tom Lees, for me, was a concern. And I think we're missing a big, a big centre-back. Would, would you agree? Uh, so I, the thing that made me think that maybe they were being told to try something different was that Tom Lees was finding himself self in very, very unfamiliar positions for us. He was... Um, he wasn't just kind of lolloping forward, you know, getting to the halfway line, um, getting a nosebleed and then finding an easy pass. He was actually kind of doing that rampaging forward bit. And I wonder whether um, Jos was saying, look, let's, you know, let's try this, knowing that you've got two cover defenders. Um, are you going to be someone who's going to, you know, bring something different this season? Um, so I don't know. But yeah, he was certainly out of position where defensively, uh, you know, after those, uh, those moves forward. Rich, were you going to say something then? I was, but I changed my mind. Eddie, somewhere in among all that, you mentioned about uh, the some of the younger players, the kids that, that kind of came on and got a bit of um, game time. And I want to talk about this a little bit because um, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, that our younger players, although they played a bit of a role last season, 
Like, it's unlikely we're going to be having anyone new in before the start of the season. We might see one or two players in during the loan, before the loan window closes, maybe. But we are going to be certainly in the positions where we've not got strength in numbers. We're going to be relying on on some of the youth players this um, this season, some of the younger players who are kind of... Uh, yeah, I could describe it as coming to their own a little bit because I'm I'm kind of happy about this. I think that this is something that we should be doing and we talked about it quite a bit last season um, and I think that, yeah, the, the, the players that got their chance last season really did stand out and really did shine and, you know, obviously Sean Clare has, has, has gone. I don't know where he's gone, but he's... I, he's I, I, Googled, I Googled this today and he's nowhere. He's not gone anywhere yet. He's, he's vanished, isn't so. he? Um so, but yeah, you know, um, it's not a bad thing as being a bit, a little bit more reliant on on bringing through those younger players this season, is it? I, I think it's a, a real opportunity for some of these guys to to make a break. It, you know, what I mean, if if they're gonna, if we're gonna get some injuries, I don't know, if is Ash Baker gonna push Palmer, etc. These players gonna push the young, the young lads come through, and they've got nothing to lose really, have they? You know, you know what I mean? We. we, we <laughs> I think Wednesday have generally been okay bringing kids through, the fans-wise I'm talking, not getting on the backs too much. Um, but I think it's uh, it's their season now to shine, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's only a positive, that. Which brings me to the subject of um, kind of our hopes for the season and how we think this season will go. Um, Eddie, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier when you kind of talked about you know, kind of potential league positionings for the for the squad as it is uh, now. Um, what 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 about everyone else? What what are hopes for the season? What what do you think? Uh, for me, I'm I'm really what I have liked is over the last couple of days seeing um, some really positive stuff coming from the players. Um, so there's this barbecue thing that they've had for Atty's birthday. Yeah, and just yeah. seeing stuff like seeing Fessy and Winall, you know, in the same time zone, um, which <laughs> we haven't haven't for a while and stuff like that. Makes me think, you know, obviously... How good we, did we, that yeah. barbecue look, though? It looked amazing. It did. I'm only around the corner. I could have gone round. But you can't it, enjoy I don't think it was good for veggie options. No, it didn't look yeah. great for veggie options. <laughs> a lot of meat. No, there was a lot of stuff on the fire. It was on the fire. That's what it. That's what it needs. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. What? So, what do you reckon? Hopes for the season. What do you reckon, Vic? I don't know. I don't know yet. I think I'll just have to wait and see. I'm not overly hopeful, and I think that's quite a good place to be. Um, I'll just be. I'll be happy if we finish mid-table. I think. Um, I'd be ecstatic if we end up in the playoffs. Obviously, I'd die if we end up in automatic. But I just. I don't know. I don't want to put the pressure on myself more than anything. Like, it's all right saying you don't want to put pressure on them. They don't even know who I am. I could go and hit Atty, and he wouldn't even know who I was. No, he would because the restraining order. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just let's just see what happens. We've paid for a season ticket for a reason. If you're going to win every week, it'd be shit. If you're going to lose every week, it'd be shit. If you're going to draw every week, it'd be shit. So let's just go with it. Let's just see what happens. I think I'm, I'm kind of the same with it. I, I think it, I know. I, th- I think our team, as it stands, is probably a mid-table team. Uh, all this, when Abdi gets back to being fit, he'll be, you know, he'll be like having a new signing. Nonsense, absolute nonsense. He's 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 a, he's broken. Um, what I'd like to see is if uh, Atty Newhu uh, continues his form or continues his um, selection into the team as well. You know what I mean? I, I kind of like this bromance he's got with Zhao. 
at the minute. I kind of, you know, it's kind of nice to see. But um, I'm going to go into this season the same way I went into the World Cup with England. You know what I mean? Expect no, and you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best. It's a, it's as simple as that. That that I'm just going to go in, go in, and we'll yeah. see what happens. You know what I mean? I, I can't ruin how I felt last season. So if it, honestly, if we if we even if we got into a relegation dogfight. I wouldn't feel as bad as what we did losing to Burton 3-0 at home. (laughs) I'm I'm with you, Fudge. I think um, I've got no expectations for the season whatsoever, so I kind of guess everything's a positive. Um, So I think it will be interesting. Can Atty... And I gave him a load of grief last year. uh, And for me, he's still got to do... Yeah, did it for the second half of the season, but I want to see him do it for a... You know, at least for a half a season this year, that preferably this this first half. Oh, he will, he will. We'll see, Vic. And he's going to wear a little vest that says "fuck off, Rich." Every time he scores, if if (laughs) if if he has a full season, scores twenty goals, I will have that shirt. I'll wear it. Atty says, "Fuck off, Rich." I will wear. Yeah, but that's not good enough. I want it tattooed, or I want I want you to get Atty or number (laughs) seventeen just tattooed. Hey, hey, look, if we, oh, if God, by the end of this God. season we have actual merchandise with Atty <laughs> Says in the old Frankie Says 1980s style, um, yeah, that oh, I will die happy no matter what happens. I do it have a laptop. I'll have to do it at some other point. I was going to say, can <laughs> we, can we not, can we not knock up a T-shirt saying Atty Says fuck off, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> I can do that, but it'll take me a few weeks until I've got a laptop. Okay, we we will as soon would, as soon as they uh, become available, we'll uh, we'll we'll get them. You know. Would we all be happy sitting here this time next season, looking back on a season where Wednesday finished tenth, and we seen you know Jordan Thornley, Ashley Baker, um, you know even the, the likes of Matt Penny, Connor Kirby, them becoming. Um, established championship players in the same way that you know that Liam Palmer broke in and 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 you know made himself part of the furniture. Do you think that that would represent progress for this club, given the financial constraints that we're working under? And I would be one so eye to the happy. Future? I'd be happy, but I'd rather be better I'd, than Liam Palmer. I'd take that now. <laughs> I, I would take that now. Yeah, I, I've got to. I've got to agree. I'd take that. Yeah, I think this season. This is the first season for a while that we've not gone into it with any great expectation, which is yeah. great in terms of the fact that for us as fans, we can actually just get on with enjoying it, you know, enjoying going to the match. You know, there isn't any pressure on us this season. We're not expected to get promoted this season. Let's just enjoy it. Um, and I, I think, you know, realistically, I, I, I think that most... Um, yeah, most realistic fans would say that, you know, around mid-table, maybe top half, maybe, you know, with an eye on the playoffs, but but not really kind of in there or thereabouts, that that would be kind of maybe where we're thinking is where we're going to be this season. So anything above that is uh, a, a bonus. So let's just, you know, let's, let's en- enjoy the ride and uh, look forward to seeing what impact some of these younger players can have because... Um, you know that that ultimately will uh, really dictate what the next probably two or three seasons are going to be like because we ain't going to be going out spending shitloads of money next summer or the summer after. Um, so you know, kind of what what we've got coming through now in terms of our younger players, if we can get them this season looking, you know, something like that gives us real hope for for, for next season for moving forward from from there. So I'd be yeah, I'd be delighted with that. 
Um, let, uh, talking about specifics then, so Wigan coming up on Saturday, first game of the season. Um, I don't like the idea of playing a team that's just been promoted on the first game of the season. I know Wigan are kind of like, well, they're going through a takeover, they've not really brought any new players in, they're kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, but you know what it's like when teams that have just come up. And, and just canned off Ross Wallace, haven't they, after a trial? Yeah. But I think I think that's because they genuinely like they don't have any money. They can't afford to bring in anyone at the moment. The the like you know midway through a, a takeover and the the old owner's not willing to spend anything. Is, da- is Dave not... Wheeler not involved there anymore? Uh no. He 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 went a while ago, didn't he? Did, did you know he broke his leg once in a in a cup final? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard that once. I heard that. I um I think I think didn't. Didn't his son take over? Did he not pass it on to his young lad? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. I say Is that lad, Noel? Think, his grandson. Noel used to, grandson. Used to, used to play yeah, the Leeds in Coventry. It was his grandson, yeah. Yeah, and, and must, be, must be selling out. DW Fitness must not be going well because, you know, JJB was such a good business model. You worked there, did you? Yeah. I think I did. I think I worked <laughs> in most shops in Meadowall. Uh, there, was, there was a point where I ran out of all of men's and sports shops to work in. Uh, what was that one there? Baron John worked there for a bit. Debenhams, Smarts and Spencers. Oh yeah, I've done. I've, I've met all, mate. Completed it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got the sticker book. <laughs> um, come on then, predictions, Wigan. Um, what, what do you reckon, Eddie? I, I, I have no problem with playing promoted teams. I, you know, I know. Yeah, they're in a winning mentality and blah blah blah. Um, they aren't as good as us. Two uh, 0 Wednesday. Done. Fair enough, Vic. Um, who knows? Yeah, 2-0 Wednesday sounds quite good, actually. I'd enjoy that. Let's all say 2-0 Wednesday. I'll say 2-0 win- Wednesday. Fudge? 1-0, uh, Will Grigg. Hope the ticks oh, come on. Hey! <laughs> see, I did an internet there. I did a, I did an internet. I did a meme. I, I don't know if you've seen the little tooth kid that crosses his hands. I, I did that. Yeah, 2-0 Wednesday. I'll take 2-0 Wednesday. Dicky. I was going to go 2 0 Wednesday, but. Yeah. Hey, yeah, there, there we go. go. There we go. There we go. Yes, <laughs> put a bet on now, everybody. 50p each. Let's do it. If we win, we have to. Um, spend spend it on Atty Says shirts. <laughs> buy me a present. Uh, right, so what, what we're going to do each week, we are, before the podcast, we're going to ask our listeners for questions. And we're each going to take a question at the end of the podcast. So, Fudge, to you first. Your question comes from at Forever Forest TV. I don't know who that is. It appears to be some kind of not related. Uh, I was do, doing a bit of moonlighting for the uh, for the tricky trees uh, when they were playing the Wednesday last year. Ah, right. Okay. Well, they asked uh, basically whether or not you would do a Mick McCarthy impression, uh, preferably reenact his resignation. Uh, To be fair, this is not actually, you know, the farest stretch of an impression to do, given my accent and uh, outlook on life. But, but, you know, we'll give it a go. He's still funny. You're a bit McCarthy impression. He's still funny. Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh, none of the bloody fans like me. I'm buggering off. Bloody rubbish. Get in the bloody bin. I'm done with you bastards. Yeah, you're all bastards. Yeah, there you are. What about that? Thanks very much. <laughs> See you later. Damn fudge. Good night. 
it's it sounds very similar to your pissed off Wednesday fan impression, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I drew I drew a lot from that. You know what I mean? I'm uh, I'm a method actor, so uh, I drew a lot from pissed off Yorkshireman to 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 do that. So uh, you know, you're welcome. Uh, Dickie, you you get a genuine question. So this is from Tom Stab, yeah, who yeah. is at Tom Stab. Uh, in the absence of new signings, who do you think of the current squad will be the one to kind of step up to the mark? Who do you think is going to be the most improved player? It's a really good question. Um, the, the, uh, Thornley, I think. Um, I don't think he'll be a regular, uh, but I think it, I think he might he might be the one for me that that can get. Into that team and start making oh, a place. place is he your own. type on paper? He might be the one for me. <laughs> You've been drinking. <laughs> no, I wish mm. I had. Okay. I think you just broke into a damn fudge style Mick McCarthy impression there. <laughs> he might be the one for me. And then us man went went up to shop to it. get us some bread. <laughs> as long as Eddie gets it, then I'm all right. Oh, is this, is this some um, Love Island shit? No. Yeah. Ah. Um, Vic, your That's question comes from uh, a Twitter account called at Owlstalk. Not sure who they are. Uh, which Wednesday players do you think go to a salon to get that uh, to get their eyebrows done? Um. Well, do you know what? I'd like to think Adam Reach, but I also wouldn't like to think that. I'd like to think that he's just that naturally beautiful. Um, Atty Defo gets his beard done somewhere. But no, I'll go Adam Reach. I think Adam Reach. Um, hit me up, babes. <laughs> I'll do your eyebrows. I've got one of them no-no things that lasers you. You never have to have them done again. Do they work on male eyebrows? You've lost no. They don't. Well, they work on dark hair. They work on dark hair. I'm not no-knowing any of you. So, no. Uh, this is the most I've ever talked about, um, you know, any kind of eyebrow Hair removal kit. with me. Yeah, uh, and I, yeah. Do, I don't want to continue it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but no, Adam Reach, defo. Oh, and Jack Hunt, but now he's gone. Um, I don't know, who else? Who do you think gets their eyebrows done? Um, I'd, I'd, uh, Pelopessi, probably. No, he's just naturally, naturally. Oh. I think Yoss maybe. I think Yoss maybe has a grooming Yeah, maybe. Regime. Yeah. I, but I, I think, I think they're they're quite unnatural. Yoss's eyebrows. I think Gary Hooper. It's Gary Hooper. Yeah, yeah Hooper, mm. definitely. He's I a bet well, he's, he's naked a well from man. the neck down. Mm. Pardon. Do you know what I mean? Just like. Whoosh. Does oh, he use Gary your Hooper. device? To my no no. <laughs> anyway, um, he my could question. Do if you wanted to. My question comes from at Monty Dangerous, um, who sent us actually a lot of questions, the majority of which weren't particularly serious, and then said, on a boring note, is the 2018 19 <laughs> season going to be an exercise in financial efficiency? Uh, where the end position doesn't really matter as long as we're not relegated. It's just about you know cost cutting being the only objective. Um, I would defer you to the third in our financial fair play special podcasts, which I believe covers this subject it, to a great extent. Um, and and also uh, directly, it kind of it kind of is yeah yeah 
pretty much. It is just about this season. It's what we said earlier, isn't it? It's kind of, um, you know, we if we if we sort of resign ourselves to it not being a season of expectation, anything above that is a bonus. And making sure for love nor money we do not end up breaching financial fair play because that would be an absolute disaster for us. Eddie, you get the really good question, which again comes from this uh, Twitter account, at Owls Talk. If Shabaranks and Timmy Mallet teamed up for a fun ragged track about a Wednesday player, <laughs> who would it be and what would the title be? And I'm going to add my own thing on here. Could could you sing us the opening line, please? <laughs> so, first of all, I'd, if I was picking um, a, a breakfast TV personality to team up with Shabaranks for a fun ragga track, um, it would, of course, be Zig and Zag from The Big Breakfast because they have a previous oh with their God, seminal, seminal 1994 hit, they all love me. So um, I think it was probably Shabba with Zig and Zag. Um, and as far as the Wednesday team are concerned, I don't think there's anyone that lends themselves naturally to, um, to Raga. Um, but just a few title ideas. We can maybe spitball these around. And uh, obviously, at Sausage Arms on Twitter, if, um, if you want to flesh these out with me. Um, how's about Barry Banan Imbiragaman? Um, Brilliant. Or, or perhaps Jar Wildsmith. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't even know if that's racist. Or just potentially, um, you know, if we're looking to uh, you know, be a bit more political, get a, a little bit under the skin um, of, of the Wednesday squad and how the, the, the fans feel about them. What about Waste Man Abdi? <laughs> Is that a reference to the, to the Magic Majid? Uh, the man, is that <laughs> absolutely yeah, exactly in be waste man? Um, so no, I I think we need to 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 maybe workshop a few verses and stuff like that. But I will be more than happy um, to to drop science. Um, you know, if anyone wants to to hit me up with some suggested lyrics, I can put something together. Um, and there may well be some ragga themed intro <laughs> to next week's show. Well, I think I think <laughs> you've got, I think this stuff writes itself. To be fair, Eddie, I mean you, you already came up with zig and zag. You were naming Sheffield Wednesday players. You could literally go down the route of a Pelopessi, a Pelopessi, them girls, the girls, a Pelopessi. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? This, this stuff writes itself, man. <laughs> you know what you need to do, Eddie? You need to um, get on the phone, get hold of Royston Drenther. Remember him? Because he, he went into yeah. rap, didn't he, after he retired from football at yeah. like 30 or Oh, my point. God, what a blast from the past. That, that is my all-time Williams as well might be a good call. That, that was absolutely glorious, James. You can pat yourself on the back for that. I, you know, that was a beautiful segue. I really enjoyed the way you did that. Royston Drenthe, <laughs> yes, he became a rapper. We're talking about music of Black Origin. I really enjoy everything you just did then. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Next week, we need to get Royston Drenthe on the show um, to do yeah a, a fun ragged track. I mean, we're definitely selling this oh. to him. A fun ragged track. In all seriousness, can we get him on the show? Right, Drenthe versus Sausage Arms rap battle. We're doing right, if anyone listening knows Royston, get him on. Like we can, we can Skype him, we can phone him, whatever floats his boat. Let's get him on. That'd be amazing. Would, would, man, would don't, you... man, don't scare me. I got bare bars, fam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Ah, right. Well, I reckon that is just about it from the Wednesday week for now. We'll be back next week, including a look ahead to our first home game of the season, which, of course, sees us lot back in our pre-match home at the Riverside Cafe. And it feels like it's been a while since we've been there. Uh, We'll catch you next week. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.